On today's episode, Dave interviews Lee Kechner. Lee is married to actor David Kechner, is a mother of five, and is an inspirational speaker. She is currently developing a reality television show and writing her surrogacy memoir, Absolutely Infertile. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. Why not be truthful? Because I think it's the easiest thing to do anyway. I have, I, how my mind is wired, mm -hmm. I can't help but be right. truthful. Right. And I'm really kind of struggling with that right now because people have a really hard time with it. And I'm kind of just uh, blunt. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't have the, like a lot of times when I respond to things, I just say the meat of it and hit send, but people need the fluff to feel validated. So I have to go back up when I'm like, yeah, I'll see you at four o'clock, blah, 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 blah. And I send, but I have to go back and put, hi, how are you? <laughs> people need that. I know. And if you don't do it right, it offends people. I think that, right. When I offend people. I have a pure heart, but if they ask me my opinion, I am always honest. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it just pops out, but uh, it's funny. I My husband thinks it's one of my most beautiful parts of me. Right. That he always, he's very careful with things that are close to his heart professionally right because he knows that i will just say exactly oh i, I hate that yeah you'll use you'll be blunt like that you'll yeah, say like, i ah, hate that i hate that mm -hmm. or that would be funny if i was drinking with a bunch of people but right now that doesn't feel funny at all right to me. right and then he's like really but so he he's learned to be pr to to take care of himself when he asked me my opinion right like to really want it yes Yes, and to be open for it, and, and see, but there's a trust between the two of you because you know that the statement that you're going to make is not going to be a, 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 the end of the game. You know what I mean? Oh. It's not going to be, you know that, that the, the truth that you're about to, to, to divulge to him, he's going to take it and not go, what's wrong with you, Lee? Yes, 100%. And I think that that the most exciting thing about my, about not my marriage, but just marriage, yeah, my marriage, mm -hmm. is that I know I married a man who's not going anywhere. Anywhere in terms of what? Leaving me, right. cheating on me, right. going, he, he, he says a lot, nothing is better than this, nothing will ever get better than this, I would never jeopardize this. Right. And I'm like, really? Because the other night I was drinking it, no. <laughs> but, but he has that foundation where, mm -hmm. I can work through my shit with him in a safe place. Right. And I can be gruff or say things mean or right. say and he's But not you're not going being anywhere. you're not being gruff, you're being honest. I'm being honest, but I don't say it in a way like, Hi, how are you? Right. That's not who you are. No. And you wouldn't you don't know how to talk that way. No. So you are very comfortable not comfortable. You are very yes, I'm gonna say comfortable I, and I'll change you're comfortable yeah. in your skin yeah. and your voice. And I'm not just talking about this the sound of your voice. I'm talking about the heart that yes. that beats yes. through your message. Yes. Sometimes I offend people like right now my sisters are mad at me. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really upsetting to me because I love them so much, but they can't handle me because they want me to play the game, you know, or whatever. What game? We're not I think that we're raised in our families with mm -hmm. specific roles. Mm -hmm. And then we grow up, and if you don't evolve, you go back to your family and you play your same bullshit role. Right that you were as a child, but it feels weird. And there's a lot of, what the hell is going on with my family? Because right. we're not connecting as adults, right? It's evolved people. Right. And I think that when some people start to go and start to grow and start to heal and start to work through their stuff and some don't, and you come back to them and they want to beat you up and say shitty things to you and hurt your feelings. And you're like, 
hey, don't do that to me anymore. Right. That's not okay with me. And then they're like, screw you. And then I was like, well, I think we need a break because I have to create a space for me, a boundary. I'm no longer going to get verbally beat up by you. Right. I'm done with that. You've evolved. And then they're like, right. Right. Screw you. We're out. Don't right. ever speak to us again. And I'm like, but I love you guys. How can I honor them, not get beat up, but if they're in that, and that's something that's inter interesting too about marriages, if you're moving forward and your partner's not, you have to break up. Uh, that's what happened. You have to. I saw it in my marriage. I saw it in, I'm, I'm sorry, I saw it in my parents' marriage, where my father and they, my father and mother went, they grew together, I'm sorry, they grew apart together. Yeah. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. They grew apart together. My dad went this way and my mom didn't go this way. She went that way, but they both went ways. Yes, yes, 100%. Or somebody pisses you off and you put it, open your file cabinet in your brain and put the paper in and you hold it in the brain paper. Right. And then the next day they piss you off and you add it in there and soon that, that folder's going to get so big it's going to explode and papers are going to fall everywhere. It's going to be too overwhelming to know where to start to pick up. Right. So I, I'm like really trying to feel my feelings mm -hmm. and say what I need to say even if it's not in the best way. But then also go, I didn't say that in the best way. I'm sorry about that. I, I bet that hurt your feelings. And he's like, yeah, it really hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to talk to you for a freaking week. Get away from me. I was like, oh, so you're still mad. Like I'm trying to be present you're not trying human. to be present, you're being present. I am being present. Right. But not being, yeah, I'm being present in you're my being, anger too. Exactly. And, and you get, don't do it. But don't you get to hold on to that? And I talk about this a lot in this podcast. The idea that the words trying, well, actually you're just, you're doing, you're not yes, trying. that's right. And the idea of being present to your anger, because you're entitled to be present to your anger. Right. And I think the artist that I know, and of course I put you in this as well, the artists that I know that I respect, not respect, that I'm, I find intriguing, and yeah. are those artists... connect to. Are those artists that aren't putting up the facade of being something that society tells them that they need yes. to be, or that their family tells them that they need to be, or that, you know, they're, they're, you know whatever, it's either society or their family, or their God, whatever it's going to be. And reading your blog, I read a blog, the blog that you think put out in May, and I love, you talk about the God spirit, or you're talking about, you know, God, you have a God with a capital G, but you also have God with a lowercase g, and you talk about this spirit that you have, and it's just, you're in touch with it. I feel like I you're am. in touch with it. I am. And I'm not, I'm not being religious, I'm being... I'm, not, I'm spiritual. Right. I'm happy going into any place of worship or staying home, mm -hmm. you know, and being with my kids and seeing God. Right. And I just think that each of us have God, we're, we're, I can't even think of any sort of religious lingo right now, but we are made in the likeness of God. God is inside of us. Right. We came from God or the universe. Or whatever, going right. Going back yeah. to that. This is just a blip, a lesson <laughs> right. to evolve. This is, I, I, there was, there's that great phrase like we're, we're spirits within this, this physical body. You know and what that's I call what we are. This? all the time, it's a very common word I use often, is my earth suit. Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm happy I got this earth suit. I'm right. enjoying my time in this earth suit. And the earth, and you have nothing to do with your earth suit no. other than maintaining it. Yeah, yeah, or not. Right. You know, it's right. like however you're feeling inside your heart, your soul or your spirit comes out in, in everything. Right. So if you're, when I'm feeling down or disconnected or I'm getting, and I'm using an Eckhart Tolle in my ego, mm -hmm. which is fear and getting in shit, you know, and, and right. not being connected to God. Right. When I'm in that, I can be 10 pounds heavier. 
I can be the drunkest person in the room. <laughs> I can be, which I am quite often. That's right. one of my struggles uh -huh. is drinking too much. But um, um, who says you drink too much? I, me, me, me. Because I have, I, somebody just said to me. I'm huge. Um, someone just said to me, don't you think, my, 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 my girlfriend said to me, don't you think we should quit drinking for a month? And I'm like, no. Here's why. Here's why what? I love drinking. Yes. I really, really enjoy it. Yes. And it's very social. It's fun. I stopped for six months. One you day. did? I was like, wow, because I got really super hammered. Didn't David stop drinking? He, he and I both have the Irish alcoholic gene uh -huh. in our family. Did he quit? He quits and he goes back. And okay, he fine. Quits. And right now, I couldn't tell you. I thought he quit and then he had a beer. The and the day. interesting thing is you couldn't tell because it's a personal thing, yeah. even though it's his personal thing. Yeah. But it affects me, so I give a shit about it. How does it affect you? Because um, David, if he cracks a beer and I hear that sound of the beer, I'm like, whatever we're doing is going to become about my next beer. Got it. So Your next beer, not his, his next beer. That's his his thing. Uh huh. That it he's really connected as a father and mm -hmm. as a husband, and you know we fight our asses off and mm -hmm. we are have everything, but at the the base is that foundation. We're not going anywhere. This is a safe place. <laughs> Which you can do anything in I that know, space. right? Anything. Right? Almost anything. Well, you can. Maybe even well, anything. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, there are boundaries, but yeah. you're not pushing the boundaries to push the boundaries. You're just going, we're evolving into this. This. We're, 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 the boundaries just move without us doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm. I we've got a bunch of things on the table right now. You you talk about uh, David drinking and. Oh yeah. So he he gets he's really connected with the kids and the family and this and he has a beer, his he starts to disconnect mm -hmm. or it becomes more about the beer or he get there you know whatever, and uh, it's not his best self. Right. But I like drinking with him. I like to go out <laughs> with him. I like to drink with him. Right. I like to have beers at functions. I like to cocktail and dance with him. Mm -hmm. That, that's his thing is he kind of um, it becomes about that right but he cannot drink for days or he you know what I mean we don't have the kind that you're passing out and need to go to bed for that's the whole thing that I'm We're looking not at the hardcore right I say I'm a highly functioning alcoholic do you think that you're an alcoholic yeah did you uh, here's what? why I think the definition of alcoholic is you have a struggle with alcohol so you do, could be a, but you don't have a struggle with alcohol. here's why see, okay now, I get up every day, I do my exercise, I get right. my kids off, I take right. care. Right. I am my greatest self mm -hmm. when I'm present. Right. And when I'm connected to God. Right. Or not, but near there, you know, trying to get back. When I drink, all bets are off. Mm -hmm. When I have two drinks, I can have 10. So I guess I'd be called a binge drinker. I don't drink every day. Got I can it. have a glass of wine with dinner. Mm -hmm. I cannot. Right. You know what I mean? I can go have a glass of, I can have a martini with dinner and then go to a movie and come home and go to sleep. Right. It's the times, and mine sucks, my highly functioning alcoholism sucks because I always do it in public in a big crowd and right. a huge thing and I have like one at home maybe because I'm nervous and then I get there and I keep drinking and then my thing's lit and I'm like, woo, what's the dance floor? Right. And Dave's like, oh shit, she crossed. Crossing over. <laughs> I'm laughing because I love that. Yeah, that and it's something right. that I'm like this. I used to be like, beat myself up. Right. And gosh dang it, I'm so embarrassed. And then I was like, this is a part of my soul. This is a part of my story. Right. And right now, I'm in that part of my story. Right. And is it dominating my life? No. Right. I have way more positive, but everyone has stuff that they deal with, they're struggling with, and that mm -hmm. that's mine.
I, I, I guess what, what, I'm, what I'm hearing from what you're saying is everybody's, I bet there's a definition, there's, there's a hardcore definition of what alcoholism is. I think it's something like struggling with alcohol. I, yeah, but everybody's, everybody has a different definition yeah, of like it. it's like autism. Like Asperger's is the highest functioning and then severe, you can't communicate. Right. And I think that here you're going to Betty Ford and you're falling. Right. And here, it's not letting you stay present and being your best self. I, I, if abused. Well, I think more than a couple an hour gets into drunk. Right. And I get drunk. Got it. Got it. Not every day. Right. It's usually for everyone to see. And I remember before I quit, I got super hammered with my sisters. And that's what we do. We party hard. And uh, I remember I just really woke up not happy with my behavior. Mm -hmm. I was super flirty mm -hmm. with a guy. We were in Boston. And I was like, gosh, dang it. I'm not happy at all about that. In the morning, I was like, that, if that's who I am on that and behaving in a flirty way with another man and nothing happened, but still right. I was feeling like, ooh, ooh, a little bit, I quit drinking because I was like, that, my family and stuff, and, and that could have impeded my behavior. Right. And that's not who I am. No. That's not my heart. No. So I quit drinking for six months. Recently? No. I think it was about a year ago. Uh-huh. And I remember I went into Dave and I said, I need to talk to you. Um, I have this big secret. And... And he goes, what is it? And I said, that's such a scary thing for yeah, he just for a like, spouse to go. I it? mean, you just saying that to me makes me it make it, it fills me with oh. And that's another thing I don't think through a lot. It just comes out. Right. So I said I got the secret and I want to deal with it. And he was like, what is it? And mm -hmm. I said I drink too much. And he sat back in his chair and took a breath and he said, uh, honey, that's not a secret. Wow. Everyone is well aware. Right. I was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed to even hear that. You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm more than that. I'm greater than that. I can feel the force inside me mm -hmm. when I'm connected to God right. and, and when I'm in my element. And that's when I'm not. Right. But sometimes I want to let my hair down. But that's, I don't know. My therapist is like, that's when you escape. Why can't you let your hair down and have fun without having to numb yourself? Right, or, being medicated about that. Yeah. Here's, here's an, an element that we're not talking about. I want to, I want to move this a little bit. I want to move this. Uh, here's an element that we're not talking about as well that I really love about alcohol is it tastes good. I love it. All of it. <laughs> when I hear a bottle of champagne pop right. and I see the bubbles going and it's coming towards me, I'm salivating and I taste it and it explodes like in right. my mouth like a party, right. like fireworks. Right. Like, right on, bring me seven more. Right. Not all the time, just in public. Mm -hmm. right? just I last night I started to do my taxes and the, the it was just really high. I got an extension, blah de blah de blah. And it was like ten o'clock at night. I'm like, I'm gonna start this now, but I don't have a family, right? Yeah. So at ten o'clock, going, you know what? I'm gonna have a couple. I'm gonna have a glass of wine while I'm doing this. And I had three glasses of wine over the course of four hours. But I felt like I don't feel guilty about that. Oh, no, I wouldn't feel guilty at all about that. If I did that high kicked fell on a dance floor with a lot of people who were important to my husband and right. I did a high kick and fell and it was like, who gives a shit and knocked somebody's drink over? Then I would wake up and go, I'm not happy with my behavior. Right. And I got out of control. Right. And that's where I think it is the highly functioning alcoholic. That is what it's you're talking about. It's not my everyday. About. Right. It's not something I, but it is something that bothers me. Right. But I'm not ready. What's an interesting thing is uh, one of the really interesting things is I, I'm reading, I'm reading your blog and I'm watching uh, um, some of the stuff that you have on YouTube, and there's just this, this this connection that you have 
to your spirit and the connection that you have and you give yourself a break and you know who it is that you are. And, and I think the important thing is you, you, you like yourself and you give yourself, do you, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. I did not always like myself mm -hmm. because when you come, I think all of us from our childhood, somebody, everyone, labels you and makes you feel not important and not worthy and not worth anything. Mm -hmm. So I went through a huge period of partying and snorting coke and making out with people and trying to find love. Right. And I just feel like, what did you just say? Because my mind started to go over no, something I about That's, Dave. Yeah. But what did you just yeah, say? Yeah, liking yourself. And yeah, so like I, had to, I had to learn how to. I had to break and rip off. Like you get labeled and labeled and labeled and mm -hmm. your soul gets covered. Right. Your whole childhood by people who want to hold you back or put you down or make you feel bad because they feel bad. And we get so layered. All right. That after I started therapy, I feel like I was peeling layers off like an onion. Uh -huh. And then I saw... I. I always said I was super strong and I didn't fucking need anyone right, and I could right. run faster than everyone. <laughs> and all of a sudden when my layers were off, I go, that's the opposite of who I am. Really? And I had to become that person to survive, but I'm so sensitive and I care so much. But you could still have all that power, but still be sensitive and care so much. Yeah, but I think it was learning why I do what I do. What is it, when you say why I do what I do, what does that well, mean? Well, it was like, um, like my behaviors before, before I met Dave, uh -huh. when I was out of control and acting very promiscuous and mm -hmm. trying so hard to be connected but didn't know how because I didn't learn how. And right. It's like kind of lear learning that about myself and saying, wow, you needed to be loved and taken care of. Right. And now you can do that for yourself. Right. And so I've been healing my heart and at the same time going, oh, I like who I really am. Yes. I didn't know that person. So I feel like when we're kind to ourselves and when we take care of ourselves and we, no matter what we look like or who we are, because God is inside of us. Right. And when you're up here beating yourself up. Right. You're doing a disservice to yourself. Right. And to God. And it's that, that feeling of you're not here to do that. No. You're not here to do that. No. No. We're here to get the shit thrown at us, I think. Okay. So we can grow up and with our adult mind, not our child mind going, I hate my mom or look at this happened to me or this happened. Go, wow. Not the child, the childish mind is different yes. than the child mind. The childish mind. Right. Us, our little hearts. Right. Still, not, when you don't heal your heart, you grow up into a man and usually if you're a hurt little boy, you become an angry asshole. Right. And people are like, he's such a dick. Right. It's because he didn't have his needs met and he has to take it out because he feels so hurt. Right. right? And, he, and he's feeling like nobody hears him. Right. His because, whole life. Right. So he gets in people's faces now to show them. Right. But really, if you can say, if you can realize that, like, I just think the biggest thing that I can, about that is that we have our minds, our young minds, when the shit happens to right. us. Right. When you can grow up and say, oh my gosh, that, that little girl inside of me never got taken care of. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm gonna start taking care of her. Right. And then you can get strong and become an adult. And then when things come at you, you don't get triggered from everything from your childhood. You can be present. Right. I still get triggered a lot. You know? But it doesn't, just because you get triggered doesn't mean that you have got, that you fall in. Just because you get triggered doesn't mean the bullet has to come out. Yeah. Or I have to believe. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I can go, God, I got right. a nick. I think the important thing is in what it was that you're saying is to recognize that moment that that little girl, that, to recognize that moment of going, wait a minute, there is that little girl that wants to come out. 
or there is, I'm sorry, that there is that little girl that needs to be taken care of. That moment that you go, there is that little girl that needs to be taken care of. Because I don't think that people stop and go, oh my God, I really need to be taken care of and I'm going to let someone help me take care of me and help me to teach me how I can take care of me. It's like this, that's exactly right. It's like if you have a bag when you're little, somebody gives you a bag that can mm -hmm. stretch as big as it needs to stretch. Mm -hmm. And you walk around and say hi to people and they throw shit in your bag like heavy things in your bag. And you go to the next person. When you become an adult, that bag is flipped over your shoulder like Santa Claus. <laughs> and everything that's happening, you drop the bag, you go, what? Right. You're gonna do this again? Right. Do you have any idea? Look at my bag. Right. But what I'm saying right. is, set, set your bag down and open it and go, oh wow, this rock was given to me by my dad. Right. Because he spanked me too hard. Right. Or this is my mom's mentally ill and she was never there for me. Right. And that weighed me down. When you can start looking at things like that, and taking them out of your bag. And not putting them back in your no. bag. And just walking away. Yeah. Even saying, I don't need a bag. Yes, eventually. But I think if you try and throw your bag off, right. it's going to crawl around behind you like a dark shadow and weigh your <laughs> shit down. You That's really true. You have to look at it. Right. And you have go, to look at it. You don't say, who cares what happened? Right. Or you don't say, I'm ruined because of what happened. Right. You say, oh, wow, what interesting things I can learn from what happened. Like my mother, mentally ill, locked in the bed, never touched me, never was a part of my life. But she was alive in there. Right. I didn't have her and I needed her so much. Right. So when I have kids, I'm a blank slate. I don't know what the hell to do with them. That my mother did nothing. I right. can't cook. I can't sew. I, it's like, sorry, Dave. Right. I'm funny. <laughs> I can dance. But I was like, oh. This is interesting. Right. How can I use what happened to me to become who I want to be for them? Right. Right. So instead of being crippled by it or repeating her behavior, I go, oh, wow, she ignored me. Is it important I bake? No. Right. What's important? It's important that I hear them and I see them right. and I'm with them. Right. You're not working through lack. You're not saying, I don't know how to do right. those things. You're saying, I'm a blank slate right now. What do they need right now? Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And that's also how we treat ourselves, too. That idea of what do I need right now? Because that shit in the bag doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. And if you want to go with your kids and to go, okay, your kids are here, and look in your bag that you threw over your shoulder, you're just going to find crap. Right. In your, right. And, right. and it's like, here's your bag, and it's a bag of tricks. Right. Right. It's a bad bag of tricks. It's a bad bag of tricks. It's not tricks are for kids <laughs> no, tricks. No, it's ugly, gnarly tricks. Right. And, and, and the idea of being able, that blank slate that you're talking about, being able to start over again is so beautiful because it can happen at any time. Yeah. 100%. You can start over at any time. Somebody just said something about age and I was like, wow, I feel like in my 20s I was partying. My 30s I was wanting more my 40s, which are right now, I'm like, I know who I am. Right. I've done work to find out what I'm good at and how I can use that to help others. Right. And I'm ready to do it at, in my late 40s. Right. How awesome! Right. How to, awesome! Right. And not to look at it and go, oh, what's the point of me starting over right now? I'm just, I don't even know how to do that. How would you even start over again? And you go, I, that, you do it every day. Every day you have the opportunity to reinvent yourself. Not to reinvent yourself. Every day you have an to opportunity. To do whatever the hell you want to do. That day you do. Anything. Right. Clean out your fridge and put in a whole new set of food in there. You know that woman who is Facebook? She's the head of Facebook and she has a book, Lean In. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember uh -huh. people's names. Uh -huh. But she said, what would you do if you were not afraid? Right. What would you do, Dave? Right. What would you do? Right. I'm doing it. 
you would set up and just start doing what the hell you want to do, exactly. talking to people, right. instead of waiting for someone to pick you, right. waiting for an agent, or waiting for a deal, or waiting for a set or a stage. You're living the life you want to live. Well, I look at your, uh, what's the name of the... the, 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 the uh, I'm impressed with your answer, by the way, because as I was asking you, I was thinking the same about me. And you came right away with it. With what? You're doing it. Right. I'm doing it. You're doing but it. But aren't you doing it? I'm looking at what you're doing. Yeah. But you're also, and you're not, but and, you're also doing it the way that you are, um, this project that you call your family. Right. And this project that you call your five yeah. kids. Yeah. And you're doing it. Yeah. Because you weren't afraid to not do it. Right. Right. And there was also something in what what's it called uh, the, the 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 I can't remember. The I part. can't remember anything. The podcast, the pod, not the podcast. My um, blog, the YouTube. Absolutely. No, the oh. you, what's it called? Seriously or um, oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. seriously. seriously, absolutely. Anything um, with Lee. My whole life, I hated that name, and now right. I'm like family. Exactly. Happily, L E I G H. <laughs> what is that called? An adverb. Right? I, I think so. I'm kind of digging adverbs with L-E-R-G-H-T-A. I love it. I love it. And and when you're doing all those things, that is also you saying, I can do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. This yeah. is what I can do. And it's charming and fun and connected and who you are. And you're not waiting for somebody else to do that for you. Yeah. And and But you're also not saying no to other projects that Never. are coming. Never. I rarely say no. I, d I rarely say no to opportunities. Right. But I, I say no to stuff that's going to tire the, me out or take right. me away from my kids. Yeah, but the opportunity to go. Opportunity. And to, to not be fearful, afraid of that. Well, that's when I think you have to take it. Right. That's when you're comfortable. That's not why we're here. No. Things that make you nervous. Right. Things that push you a little bit. Things that you go, oh, I don't know if I can do it. Right. This made me nervous. I haven't done. I've done three podcasts and they've been spread out like six months apart. I can't right. remember what who what happened. But but each but one I is said, different, right? I would love to. Right. I was tickled pink and honored. And then I'm here and I'm like, of course I should be here. But my brain was like, who do you think you are to go to his house? <laughs> he has people that are doing stuff. You're right. not doing. You know what, what right. are you going to promote? What? How embarrassing! You have nothing. to Isn't say. Isn't that funny that, I, that this has nothing to do with Our this? Our ego right. starts to just mind f us. Right. And holds everyone back. Right. And if you don't see it. It crushes you and you don't do it. And that's what I'm talking about, about the discovering that little girl who's looking for, who suddenly says, uh, uh, you know, for you to go, I got to take care of that person. I got to take care of that person and heal her right. so I can be a whole adult and think just with my adult mind now. Right. As opposed to, fuck you, you're going to run me off the street, I'll run you off the street. I mean, this right. fierce, uh, I don't know. Well, you've any... done that before and that's, that hasn't worked. No, and it's not so cute when you're 47. No, it's no. not. It's not so cute. No. It's not cute at all. So it's like, it's like taking care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Once you take care of yourself, you can start to love yourself. And I think that what also ends up happening is once you take care of yourself, you, you, people start to gravitate toward you who will also help take care of you. Because if you, you are, are troubled... forward. Exactly. And if they some, start to fall. Right. And if I look at you and go, oh, oh Lee's got, you know, uh, uh, Lee's taking care of herself. And, and you know what? I'm, if you were a troubled soul, I would step away from you. Oh, yes. If you were somebody that, that was the fear of who it is that you think that you are when you're drunk, I would step away from right, that. But right. I see something else in that, and that draws right. me toward you. And, and, and now it's like... It's almost like when you have that inside of you, when you're connected to God inside of you, when mm -hmm. you realize that, in, that your mind and your body is going to do whatever, but at the core of you is greatness, mm -hmm. 
you start to see greatness when you see other people. Right. You start to see people who get it. Right. You start to see, oh, and then you start to go, people who are toxic or hurting your body or bringing you down, you go, I'm being, I'm doing a disservice to myself to allow that mm -hmm. into my earth suit. Right, exactly. To penetrate near my spirit, my soul. I have to step away. I have to take care of my heart because if I decide to clamp people on who are toxic, right. my leg will be eaten off. I need it. Right. It's like you have to free yourself to move forward and that's hard and it feels bad. And Have you read? Um, no. Or, uh, no, okay. Then there's also, you can watch it too. I love everything, but I, I don't read because I have dyslexia and I can't get through a freaking page, okay. but I love to watch. Then I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch, here's a watch. Um, Jill Bolte Taylor on the TED Talk. Jill Bolte Taylor was a, a neuroanatomist. She's a brain doctor at. Who, I saw her on Oprah. Great, have and you seen? Rocked. Didn't That's she it. have a something wrong with her brain and she couldn't what happened? talk? She, and well, she had, she had a, a stroke. An, yeah, and she totally lost her personality. And she had to, re, as an adult, and she had to totally, re, not totally ruin She created this new person named Jill Bolte Taylor that was just the suit of Jill Bolte Taylor. Right. But she, she, she didn't know who she was. She didn't know who her mother was. She didn't know what her family her was. Her bag know. dropped. Exactly. Instantly. Right. And at that moment that her bag dropped, she was able to go, oh, as an adult, say, that person is toxic. I don't want to be with that person, yes, even though they were part of my old person. That you have to cut through so many things to get away oh from them. Oh my God. Or to or to cut or to, to put machinations on in order to hang out with them. To go, yeah, I know that they're bully and they're really they're they're shitty drivers and they're mean people. Right. So I'm gonna swallow all that reaction that I would normally have if I didn't know this no. person in order to hang out with this if person. If you swallow, you get cancer. Right. Or you you You're crippling. Really, it's what you were saying about strapping those people yeah. onto your leg. It it really breaks your body down to illness, stress. Totally. And every time we add something to our file cabinet and it gets heavier and heavier, that turns into something in your body right. and you get sick. Right. We have to clean, like I think, you, I get my hair done and my eyebrows waxed right. and I do these things for my earth suit. Right. But the most important thing I do is I go once a week to a mindfulness therapist or a coach or whatever uh -huh. and say, God, I'm struggling with this and it's hard. When I see myself in my, my situations, I see gray. Right. When I see yours or my husband's, or I have complete clarity. Right. And the words come out of my mouth when they ask for help or advice. It comes out like from my God place, which is not at all my silly, crazy thinking brain. Right. And I say things that are, wow, I thought, wow, that was, wow. When I allow what's inside of me to come out. Right. When you so surrender, surrender. That all that crap. And I quit saying, who do you think you are to do that? Right. Or who do you think, you know? Right. I'm like, no. I, I read a book called, a small book, a workbook called The Path, Finding Your Life's Mission. Uh -huh. And I did the book. And at the end, I realized what I was good at. Mm -hmm. I'm good at being honest and I'm authentic and I'm funny. And I'm good at sharing my shit. Right. Because when I share my stuff, it helps all the people who are stuck in it or feeling alone. Right, right. And then I realized, then I got necklaces made, you are not alone. And I got <clears> it because <throat> I wanted people to know when my marriage is hard and I'm in my house and feeling alone, right. who do I go to? Well, my son, we think he's bipolar forever and he's right. kicking holes in the wall and breaking furniture and I can't restrain him anymore. My other kids are, my husband's, our marriage is falling apart and I'm just alone in my fucking house right. going, I'm so alone. Right. And then I realized that was the theme of my entire life because my mother was gone. I was in this house with all these people, but I was alone. Right. And then I was like, on that little thing and then with all of these 
people and we're here to connect. Aren't we? And we're all living with our doors closed. Right. And we're missing so many miracles of every minute. Right. Like right now, this feels so good to my body. Yes. Like you're filling me with everything. Yes. Hope and knowing. And well, that's why, that, but you brought me to you. You brought me to you. Right. I didn't go, I wasn't like crap shoot. It was right. like your light drew me to oh, you. Do you understand? Because yeah. there's no, re you know, I know you, but I don't, you know, I know David better, but yeah. I know you. And then yeah. and every time that we were at Nia and Ian's After and I this, talked you're going to you, say you know me better. Yeah, of course. Right? Right. But I knew you better then because we're all t connected yeah. in that way anyway. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, when I saw you at these other parties or whatever, it's like, I always talk to you. I'm always connected to you. Oh, yeah. And I always knew that spirit that's within you. So that you can't hide it. Yeah. I think you're right. So, and, and you can't hide it because we all have that. We all have that magnetism. And it's... When we allow it. <coughs> right. So often people keep it in and more layers go on. Right. Um... And it's Eckhart Tolle, it's, it's, you know, the pain body that he talks about. And it's, <coughs> and it's all those. Yeah, that's the little girl in us. Right. The pain body. It's the ball of all the shit, the bag, right. is inside of our body. And specific things happen and people touch it and it flares up and you're reacting like this. Because it has nothing to do with right now. Or you're right depressed now. and in bed. Or right. you're eating or you're drinking. Because it's touching that thing, that little pain body from your life. Right. And that pain body to me is the same thing as the little girl. It's, it, it, it's like looking at it and saying, when I'm, I start going, God, I just got triggered. Right. I'm really mad. Right. And realizing it has nothing to do with Dave. Right. It's something in me I need to look at. And the gift that you've given yourself is to recognize in that moment that you were triggered. And, and again, I was just triggered. Oh my God, I'm angry right now. And when you call out the anger, you say, I was angry right now. Yes. You're not angry anymore. And you're actually taking the pain body out of your body and holding it. And looking it's at it. It's not going away. Right. So you're like, you no longer go straight to my brain. Exactly. I'm in control of you. Right. You should be hurt but I'm not gonna react like I used to with that. Exactly, because you get that, you get that, you, at that moment you get to, to invent yourself. You're not reinventing yourself. At that moment you get to start anew. You go, and historically. take care of yourself. At that moment. When I react mad, or when I used to pull forward to cut people off, because I see them coming up the side and they're gonna come in the last second, so what? Right. Why does that affect me so much? Right. Why are we getting constantly triggered about stuff that really has nothing to do with us? And here's another thing. That person in that car, what's a person in that car? That's right. That might be your friend. Yeah. Or that's clearly a friend of your friend. Yeah, and somebody who I need to love. Right. Because if you're cutting people off, you're not completely connected. You know what I mean? Yep, I totally you're not understand. In your good space if you're cheating people or cutting them off or stealing or it's like and the people who are easy, like you're easy mm -hmm. to love mm -hmm. because I see you. Right. But we're not called to just love those people. We're called to love the people who need love. Exactly. The assholes. Right, right. Who are hard. And I don't think that they know. I don't think that oh, no. they know. I don't uh -huh. think. I'm at, I'm at a bar the other day and there's a guy and it's a lovely bar and there's some great music that's playing at the bar and I really, really like it. And a guy pulls out an iPhone and cranks up a video that was like a news story of child abuse or something. And I went, what's happening here? And I turned, and at first my reaction is like, hey buddy, turn that down. Shut up, yeah. Right, or I said, looks like you got some serious business on that phone there. 
that you're watching. And he went, oh yeah, yeah, it really hurts my heart watching it and I don't know why I'm watching it. And, and I realized at that moment, I just made him aware that he was doing that. And he turned it down because at that moment, he became human. Because in that, while he was doing that, he was away. He was looking at that video and he looking wasn't at here. Looking something that kept him in a sad space. Yes. Made him feel bad. And then you said, I see you. And he goes, you see me? Yes, that I was see. That's all I needed. Right. I and see at the moment, you. right. And I didn't have to go, you douchebag, what's your problem? No, because then he would have matched you somehow because right. he was in a, a low place. Mm -hmm. So you're going to equal him. You're going to go down to him and there's going to be trouble. Right. And <laughs> right. If you stay up when there's chaos, right. you stay out of it a little bit. Or you can say, turn that down, please, or whatever. Right. Which is, should be able to say. I, right. And, and, and for me, I went the other again. way of saying, yeah, I see what you're doing. I'm you. connecting with what you're doing right now. What's happening with, I'm you? with you? I just have to understand why you're doing this. Why in the hell you would crank that up at a bar when right. I'm trying to have a conversation? Well, is that essentially, thinking. that's what you want to say. Yeah, you're, you're connecting with somebody. Right. But I'm not connecting with them going, look, fuckface. No. No. Because that puts people in fight mode oh. or beatdown mode. Right. And it's a low... And if they're in fight mode, it's gnarly. And already they're in a fight mode. Because he's feeding his whatever. Right. This makes me feel so bad, but I can't keep watching it. Got it right. What? And, and I said, so what this, And he goes, this suddenly came up on you on, on Google Alert, and it was I, I used to work for the government, and now this is coming up again. I'm like, wow, wow, look at all the barnacles that you've decided belong on the bottom of your ship. Let it all go. Let it go. Yeah. And I love people go, it's hard, easy for you to say, and it's like, what if you? But we it's, could all say it. It's what you were saying about. What's the book? Um, what were you saying about? Um, well, it's Marion Williamson, you know. But it was also the idea of you're here to be, you know. Your greatest. You're here to be your greatest. And 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 holding yourself back or demeaning yourself or acting small right. is a disservice to who you are and why God put you here. You know what I love is that we are all like I'm looking at your face and you have an awesome nose it's uh -huh. a characteristic of yours you know that it's, yes. it's it's pronounced every single person on this planet i don't know how many we have six billion i have no idea <laughs> so many over a hundred not one i meant to say 60 i think i have six, no idea I don't how know. many i have no idea we not one person has the same face right not one person has the same thumbprint right not one person has the exact same way they see that chair right you know what i mean yeah that's how unique we are. Right. And then on top of that, not it's one person has the em same emotional content that you have. So I, you know what I mean? So it, like all those, all those things are, are physically seen, but, yes. and then there's also what's underneath it. Yeah. Like your, my feeling about cake might not be your feeling about cake. It's not. Right. Do you like cake? I only like white cake with buttercream frosting. See, that's it. I could not understand we'll white cake with anything but I cannot understand white cake. I like chocolate cake with chocolate frosting. That and, and I don't get it. And you know what else? You know what I you know what I love? It's like we're called to love people who are hard to love or, mm -hmm. or show them compassion. Mm -hmm. Not we don't have to get to, with toxic people, but we have to have compassion for right. people. That thing you just said about cake that I love. Oh dang Do you like it. cake? Oh it's this that I've gotten too. When people have we get our paint body is lodged a lot in p politics and religion and things like that. I know that. So we come saying, hey, you want to talk about religion? Because my paint body needs to explode on someone. I want you to touch it so I can wail on I your know. ass. I know. You know so that right. anger? Oh, I know. 
So what I like now that when I see things is when people say things that are so far off what I think or what I feel or I believe, I'm like, absolutely. Right. Absolutely that's how they feel. Right. They should feel that way. Thank God they feel that way. How awesome is it that we can think differently? And how great would it be to have a conversation with no anger or no threatening behavior or no How losing? great it would be? Yeah, to have conversations. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I was raised super conservative. My father was huge. You're Kansas or something? Kansas. Right. Kansas, the state Kansas. Yeah, well, Kansas City, which is just li like a circle split down the middle by a street called State Line. Uh -huh. So his job, his office was here, and our home was on the other side of the line. His office was in Missouri. In Kansas and City, Missouri. Were, right. And our home was in Overland Park, a suburb of Kansas, Kansas City. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's whatever if you live there. Right. Except, you know, whatever. But it's the same kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a town split mm -hmm. down the middle. So anyway, he was so so conservative and so Republican, and that's all I knew. And then I came here, and I remember, you know, he didn't say nice things about homosexuals, and I met this homosexual man that I love. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd ever had a, a gay friend before, and I was like, I'm so in love with you. Like, everything about you, I want to be with you all the time. I see your heart. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, right. I'm so in love with you. How could my dad say such horrible things about you? Right. And blah, blah. And he said, do you think for one minute I would choose to be um, beaten growing up? Do you right. think I would choose to be disowned from my father? Do right. you think I would choose to have the whole world just to be who I am? Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just started bawling. Right. I think I was on you know, drugs at the time, so I was really crying really hard. Mm -hmm. But I just remember bawling going, that's right. Right. Oh my gosh, like all of the things I think I know in my head or mm -hmm. I think I believe, that's just my perception of it. I don't know. Right. You're choosing to engage in that. Yeah. They think but there's also the other side of that. And they thought my baby Eve was going to be severely retarded, our last baby. Yeah. Would you tell, would you just. So we had frozen embryos. Right. She was frozen 10 years. Right. Our surrogate agreed to do it one more time. These are your, this is, your, this is all yeah. your stuff. I lost my uterus when right. I had Charlie. So we uh -huh. one time did in vitro uh -huh. and we had Margot and Dave said, we got a boy and a girl, we're done. Right. I was like, we still have eight frozen babies. He goes, oh no, honey, we're done. Because <laughs> it's so expensive to have I a surrogate. Know. So we would take out a second mortgage, a third mortgage to have a baby. <laughs> He'd pay it off and then right. I'd start talking about it again. We still have frozen embryos. So mm -hmm. he said, we can do it one more time. We thawed for three survived, put three into a new surrogate, had twins. Right. And he goes, two boys, two girls were dying. I was like, oh, honey, we have four more. Right. And he goes, we got twins. Like, we're under. I don't have a job. I have third mortgage out to do that. We're, we're done. Right. And I was like, all right. But I knew we weren't because right. we still had four more. I don't care what other people do with their embryos. I honestly, nothing in me cares. I was completely clear we were going through ours. Right. With no judgment, seriously, on anyone else's business. I was like, oh, we're doing that. We're doing all of them. Finally. He said, if I get this job four years later, we'll do it. He didn't get the job. I was devastated. And I started praying for God to change my heart, mm -hmm. to be a partner and be present with what I already have and quit focusing on this. Right. And then a week later, my surrogate showed up on my birthday and surprised me with a card that said, congratulations, Dave said yes. And he goes, we'll take out a third mortgage again. Screw it. And How did like, she know that Dave said yes? He called her. Because oh. her and I wanted to do it again and do right. it. Like, no. And I couldn't believe on my birthday I had to tell her no. And she came with a card and I just threw it down because I was Dave goes, you should probably read that. He's like, oh, happy birthday, congratulations. Dave said yes. I was like, yes, because I thought I'm going to die knowing right. I didn't do it. Right. And I feel like I needed to do it. Right. Thought out the four. One survived, frozen right. for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Put her into to our surrogate, Tara. 
and um, right away they said something's wrong. Then the next doctor said something's really wrong. Then they said the baby has a hole in her heart and fluid around her heart. If she makes it, she'll mm -hmm. have to have open heart surgery at three months. It got worse and worse and worse. Her brain stopped growing. So mm -hmm. they said when kids have like a mentality of a five-year-old, she's not even one month. Her brain has stopped growing. This is all in... In, in the surrogate's this, womb. Right. And I was like, so anyway, the one thing... Oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. The surrogate rocked. She did rock. It was bumpy and hard as all get out. Right. For us. What an amazing spirit from another oh, universe, man. It's well, you it, know Carrie Clifford, right? Yeah. She just had, she just she just had a baby last week and a surrogate. With a surrogate, because I saw that baby posted. That's her baby. That's her and Paul's baby. I didn't even know she was no, pregnant. No, but she didn't tell anybody. Oh. She didn't tell anybody. It's and then so suddenly, personal. but she told me at a restaurant and uh, like a few months ago, and I'm just like crying like a oh, crazy, it's like awesome person. Such a gift. And when right. people say, "Who would do that? Who would do that?" It, or when people connect with why they're here, right. and what they're good at, right. and they share it with others, right? That's and they're able to go this. Uh, what do you call it? What do you call this? Earth suit. Your earth suit. Her earth suit could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, keep yeah. going. So. So anyway, they said the baby's brain has stopped growing. She'll be severely retarded. Mm -hmm. She'll be in a wheelchair. Um, and I was like, they don't have to do open heart surgery. Like I was finding out all of these things. Her bones stopped growing. She's going to be little in a wheelchair. She might not even know you exist. You're going to spend six days a week moving her arms and legs. <laughs> all of your money's going to That is the that. crazy. And you're going to lose all of your other kids. You can't be with them because you have to do this unless right. you have enough money to hire someone all the time to move that baby that, who could live till they're 50. Now, so they, I'm sorry, they knew all this within the first trimester? The first tri, it was all the way up until the time a week after you can legally, you can legally abort a baby till this date. Right. And then they give special circumstances of a right. week. I right. was in the special circumstances of a week. Uh -huh. But here's my point of all of this. When I think I know something about myself for sure. Right. God gives me something that lets me know. Right. What let it all go. Be so in the moment you don't have to cling on to bullshit from your life. And if you say to me the earth is flat, and I say, how interesting, tell me why you would think that. Instead of going, what an idiot. Right. Or you don't believe like I do, I hate you. Right. No. Right. So anyway, one thing I knew for sure was I would never terminate a pregnancy. Uh -huh. Once again, I'm not saying other women have to believe what I believe. Right. Or I say that the law has to tell us. Just my own personal Idaho. Right. I would never. Right. There, there, the doctors were telling me terminate, and I couldn't. And then they said, you've got to think about your other children. And then I got my minister, because I knew he was going to tell me I couldn't. Dave, Dave was out of town the whole time. He flew in for 24 hours. We met with my minister. The minister said, God is going to love that baby girl, whether she comes today or 50 years after sitting in a wheelchair. God knows your heart. God did not create people to suffer. He's created all of these things to help not, you know, whatever it is, he's right. like, you will not be punished. God sees your heart, and he loves that child. And, and also, I was like, you're yeah. telling me I can do it? Right. So anyway, Dave and I were starting to really consider it, really consider it out of the, our other children. Right. I was putting aside my selfish this, right. my belief, my belief, and looking at the big picture and going, right. wow, this is something I'm considering. And that's when I knew... Everything I think I know, I don't. That's Meaning, when I, wait, 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 wait. I, I just want to repeat that. That's when I knew everything I th think, think I know. I don't. That's when I knew everything I think I know to be true, I don't know Nothing. to be true. No, of course not. Now that, that right there 
is a huge gift that you give yourself. At that moment, you say everything because we go. We, this is this, the only thing I can hold on to. This is the one thing I. This, this says who I am. Exactly. I would never right. do this. That's my story, and I got to hold on to it, no, right? Like, oh, really? The right? one thing I thought I could hold on to, I I might do. Right. And then all of a sudden, I was like, had this compassion for the people who have to. Right. Have the compassion who have. And before, when I had judgment, right. or well, they're going to be whatever. I was like, oh, bless your heart. No matter what reason you did it for, that that's part of your story. Right. It was almost part of mine. We decided not to. Right. She was born completely healthy. No. Wait. Let's just take a moment there. Because I heard this story. I, mean, I heard this story. Somebody told me this story today. It was so devastating. That What was devastating? The that whole... Oh, all, all that it. experience. Yeah, just uh, the whole experience was so brought me to my knees, right. which I think is our biggest gifts. Right. Because it but it wasn't us devastatingly. Open. It wasn't. What was no, devastating? It 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 the the heaviness. Right. I had on my heart. Right. Shut my me down. Like was so heavy, but I have to say this. It when I was in it, it hurt so bad. And right. I cried so hard. Right. And I felt so broken. Right. And I felt so every emotion that's sad and heartbreaking. But I don't know if you want me to say this or not, but I'm just I don't know, I don't care, I'm, just, I'm, I'm with you. What I found is when I've been brought to my knees and my heart has been cracked open is where it expands in ways I never imagined and where I find my greatness. Every heartache that has happened at me or to me or with me in my life has propelled me. You know what I mean? Has been like, I know what kind of what the important, true important things about being a mother are because I didn't have it. Right. My heart was broken, and I that one thing I thought I knew went. Oh. But you weren't devastated. You weren't shattered. No. You know what I mean? No. So I'm just saying that word devastated because for How me. How about this bone crushing? But even it felt like my it bones felt were broke, being crushed. Like I bones stand weren't up. being crushed because what it was happening was muscles were being built. It's the opposite of that. Do you understand what I mean? Like if, like you weren't crippled because of this. Oh no, You stepped no, away no. from it. But if your bones are crushed, I'm, I'm just following through on but that metaphor. But in the moment, right. it's like when you in allow yourself to be angry. You were saying right. earlier, you allow yourself to be angry. Does it take over your life? No. But I felt such heartache and devastation right. and sadness for everyone involved. It was so heavy right. that I remember when I said to Dave, we were deciding if we we're going to terminate or not. And we were laying in bed. He was home for 24 hours because we had like a day left to decide. And we were both bawling. And Dave goes, I think her name is Eve. I was like, Eve? Because <laughs> that was never on any lists right. for any of our kids. I go, Eve. Right. And he goes, well, that was the first from God. The first. She's our first. And I was like, oh. That brings tears to my eyes because it was such a gift to hear my husband say, she's our first. Right. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> and I said, Eva's going to have the most fucking bedazzled, kick-ass wheelchair of any other <laughs> child in the world that's going to be right over there. Right, right, And then right. we started laughing. Right. And then we celebrated. Wow, God, I have a son who I thought at the time was bipolar and he's kicking holes in the wall and I can't breathe. And you're going to give me that? Right. How am I going to take care of the ones who... Uh are present and need me. Right. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Right. I was like, all right. And I got in the car and I was crying the whole time. Probably six weeks you got or in the car eight weeks. Car, car. Well, for six or eight weeks, I was crying a lot. And right. Dave was out of town. Uh -huh. Every time I talked to a doctor, it was worse. And I'd be crying with my kids in the car. Mm -hmm. I didn't uh -huh. want to tell me yet because we hadn't decided what we were going to do. Right. And they go, why are you crying? I was like, I just really miss your dad. Because he was out of town. I didn't know what else to say. They're right. like, come on. Really really <laughs> we knew. <laughs> So 
so anyway, I just remember being in the car once with Charlie and Margo, my two oldest, and mm-hmm. driving, and they said we decided to keep the baby, and I, I was crying. You shared all this with you. you shared. They all know everything. Got it. And, and they were crying. I was crying, and they said, what's wrong? And I said, you know, the baby that's coming, Eve, she's, she may be severely retarded and in a wheelchair. And, and oh, no, I go, she may be severely retarded. And Charlie said, you mean in a wheelchair? I go, yeah. And he goes, so we're all really going to have to help? We're not alone. You are not alone. You I'm are not, not alone. alone. You are not alone. I have those two. Right. I have Dave. Right. And you're not the. Eve. You're not the little girl who's looking for her mother yes. in the room that's got the door closed. My son was like, "I'm here." Right. I'm you are not you. alone. Right. Even though I'm kicking holes in the wall, I'm right. with you. Yes. And I was like, "Cause that's what he's got to do." You're with me. Right. We're good. Let's freaking do it. <laughs> Dave, you got to book a big enough movie so somebody can come move her legs in the chair at home because I don't want to drive and miss right. everything. Right. And then the next to visit we went, Dave's first time coming with us to a visit. The doctor who came in with tears in her eyes and hugged me, she writes medical journals. She's the best skeletal, fetal skeletal doctor in the nation uh-huh. at Cedars. She's looking at the baby. In, in, she, in vitro. Yeah, the big screen. I'm, right, Dave's right, right. there. What's is that called? Yeah, in utero. In, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so she's looking and she goes, um, oh my God. Like that. And I thought, what, did her arm fall off? Because one of her arms was oh, no, mangled no, and twisted so no. far behind her back, right, she right. couldn't even see it. Right. So I thought, that's all I could, she could say. Everything right. else is wrong, head to toe. She goes, there's been a miraculous turnaround. And I go, I'm sorry, because I'm wearing my armor. I've, I've built up armor to be able to handle this and to get on it and to call the specialist and prepare. I was like, I can't hear you. Does mm-hmm. a miraculous mean miracle? And she was like, yes. There's been a miraculous turnaround from a medical doctor. And I just sat down, and she started saying, the hole in her heart is healed. Her brain is now at 2%. Before, it's never been on the charts. Her bones are now one a week behind, whatever. And she started going down her body. Her hands were always like this. She said for the first, which is a side of neurological problem. She said her hands are in baby position. Her toes that were pointing out are now in regular. And I, I, I said, I can't hear you. I can't. I don't know, like, this doesn't seem real to me because but I... But David was with you. Yeah, Dave was bawling and uh-huh. so excited. But uh-huh. I was just like, what? She goes, come back in three weeks. I said, yeah, I need that because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> so I went back in three weeks. She goes, your baby's brain's at 20%. The bones have caught up. The heart has healed. But if I didn't know what I saw two weeks ago or three, a month ago, I would say you're going to have a perfect, healthy baby girl. And I said to God, if you give me a healthy baby, I will proclaim that she's a modern-day miracle. I will proclaim, right? So she's born, she's totally healthy. Take her to church. My minister said, we'd like to just welcome Eve and Lee today. We're so happy that she's healthy. I said, may I say something? <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, I stood up and I said, she is a modern day miracle. <laughs> and it came out in this like such an odd voice. And then I sat back down. He's like, oh, thank you, Lee. All right. So anyway, so then everyone who would meet her goes, she's a modern day miracle. Right. She's a modern day. And then three months in, I was like, she's a modern day miracle. And then I was like, and then I was like, God, how did I put a time frame on this? Right. So anyway, every once in a while, I like to proclaim and keeping true to my word that she's a modern day miracle. The doctor came up with a reason she thinks that she got it, that she got this it doesn't matter. virus right. and that she, it mimicked a neurological got thing. It. And when the virus passed, she started eating and caught up. Right. So, because she has to. Right. I don't even give a shit why. No, it doesn't. I don't the care. why doesn't matter no, because the why is the history of it all. Yeah. So but you, but like all these things that have happened, and uh, Charlie's your first, yeah. your, Charlie, like Charlie and his challenges, all of these things 
are gifts to you. Gifts. Gifts. Especially with who I am and what I'm doing. Which is what? Using what I'm good at to help other people. Got it. Which is sharing things in a lighthearted way or in an unashamed way. Right. Where I can say, my son's bipolar. I like bacon. <laughs> my marriage is on its way out. Uh, you know what? Or whatever. Right, right. It's like right, it doesn't right. matter. We attach so much bullshit to things that are just part of our learning and our story. Our story, that story. Just our story. Right, that story that we can start over at any time. And I'm very aware that all the shit that's happened are things that I can help other people by talking about it. Exactly. You hold on to that, then people are going to feel alone. Seriously. Because we create shame around anything that's not perfect and normal. Right. And that's the stuff we need to celebrate. That's the meat of who we are. That's what teaches us why our souls are in these earth suits. So I'm like, yeah, so now I'm trying to be so present that when something huge or heavy or happens, I go, oh God, I look forward to what I'm gonna learn from this. It's, it's and that- stepping into it. Right. Instead it's that of going, statement of- uh, What's happening to me again? Why me? Exactly. No. And also the idea of, I wonder how the universe is gonna take care of this awesome thing. Yeah. Because it does. It's like, yeah. I think we have to stop there. Mm. I know, right? Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was delightful. awesome, good. Today's episode was sponsored by GoDaddy. Thinking about starting a new website? GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code ADDcomedy at checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website, ADDcomedy.com. Hello, ADD Comedy Podcast listeners. Dave Rosowski here. First off, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And second off, if you've ever wanted to take a class with me but thought, gosh, I don't think I'll ever be around where David is, know that you can now take the virtual class at iActing. Just check our website out, and there's a link there. Click on that link, and that will set you up. you got to do a little hunting, but I think that it's well worth it. We'll hear you in your ears. Bye. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at addcomedypod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrozowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.